Good morning, welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Thursday the 15th of October. My name is Nick here in Melbourne, starting with short selling and the new trend according to the Financial Times and Goldman Sachs is shorting a lot of the stocks that have outperformed this year. So the, the, sort of the trend names and sectors that have really benefited from people working from home and from the lockdown, they say that that's sort of more than priced into the market now and there's only one way to go with the advent of vaccines and better treatments. So the IT sector, healthcare, grocery retail, online retail, gym equipment and home computing are all sort of sectors to avoid or to place shorts in according to Goldman Sachs. And in addition, um, Morgan Stanley has mentioned that you know, that the greatest risk of overpriced equities was is also in technology. So they mentioned that this year will be the peak year for working from home. So it will be the peak year for relative growth and earnings for companies that benefit from that. If we're successful in getting a vaccine and the market thinks 2021 looks more normal, investors may think, let me sell companies where it's as good as it gets now and buy companies with more cyclical earnings. So one of the big names Goldman's shorting is HelloFresh. So that's the online retailer where you can order a, a box. It's, it trades here in Australia, a box of sort of all the ingredients to, to make meals at home. Now that has had short interest rise to 170 million euros in October, rising from only 50 in late May. So in that five month period, it's over more than tripled. And in August, it actually was even a bit higher at 230 million. Another sector where we've seen a lot of short activity has actually been the vaccine companies. So Moderna, um, AstraZeneca, those sorts of companies have had quite a bit of short activity. Moderna particularly due to their initial expectation that they'd make a killing with their vaccine, one of the front runners. However, when it was revealed that they probably won't be making much of a margin on it, valuation fell. So the short interest has dropped back a bit there along with the share price. Moving to ESG investing, we know it's covered a lot on this show, but it is one of the really growing areas of financial markets, both in terms of performance and outperformance and also asset growth, AUM growth. So for example, even in the US, which has been seen as a bit of a laggard in the ESG investing space, and we've seen a lot of hostility from the current US government against the sort of philosophies of it, they have seen a huge inflow. So, you know, this year there's been 19 billion US into US-based ESG ETFs, and that brings the total in the US to 40 billion. So, you know, it's doubled just this year. Yeah, so in last year, the inflow was only 8 billion, according to CNBC. And as I mentioned, the performance is also stronger. So just alone like the S&P ESG ETF has outperformed the S&P 500 by about 3% over the last 12 months. So the ESG ETF is up about 21% versus 18 for the S&P. Now, there's been some research done by the World Resources Institute, which is a Washington DC-based sustainable development think tank. And they've actually found that the 10 largest US mutual and exchange traded ESG funds, all which focus on large cap US companies, outperformed their benchmark of the, they use the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF after fees. And on average, they beat this benchmark by 2.1%.
So quite a significant outperformance there. Now, there's a few reasons as to why. So obviously, you know, this year we've seen a, a sort of natural sector bias or advantage of ESG funds, what's been the worst performing sector, oil. Obviously, you know, they don't have any holdings in those sorts of companies. So they've got that sort of, you could say, sector selection advantage. However, this analysis, which has been published in the Financial Times, mentions that there's more than just that. So looking at sort of a, a factor-based attribution analysis. So they think that it could potentially be a sort of a mixture of, of positive sector and stock selection. Now, the other thing to mention, like the, the sectors that these ESG funds typically invest a lot in are also the ones that have done well or outperformed. So tech, you know, obviously we all know that's boomed and also you know, healthcare and those sorts of companies have done really well. But there's a few, they run a few theories as to why this has sort of outperformed so much. And there's, yeah, there's a few reasons. Firstly, they think that there could be an actual inherent sort of outperformance of companies that, that sort of adhere to ESG principles and that there's sort of potentially a, a, a correlation between companies that have strong governance and strong um, sort of transparency and, and you know, have a positive sort of position in the market perform better so there's that sort of natural what you sort of hope would be the, the real benefit of ESG oriented companies then there's also what they say is momentum like an ESG momentum they've performed so strongly therefore they're going to keep going up so the factor momentum there in addition to factor based returns and sector weightings there's also a they found a potential name selection effect and that they, the ESG funds are picking the more successful names. Now, you could argue that it could just be luck that the names that these funds typically like to buy into are the ones that have performed very well. So, for example, the S&P 500 ESG ETF, ticker S&PE, has its four largest holdings of Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Facebook, some of the strongest performing names in the entire market this year. So even though you know, the S&P 500 probably has its largest holdings in those as well, it probably would mean that you know, the, the name selection effect is, is sort of being accentuated by these, by these tech companies. And moving to the markets now, just before the US bell is rung, the S&P looks like it'll open up about 23 bips, the Russell up a bit more at about 30. The Sydney SPI is up about 40 bips. And later this morning, we have Philip Lowe speaking at the Citibank Investor Conference at about 8.30 a.m. That's your update for Thursday. Have a great day. This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied upon by private investors. The podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. The values of investments can go up or down, so you may get back less than you initially invest.